Hi, this is Rick Miranda, and um, today I'm doing a special cod- podcast with a guest host. Um, her name, we will call her Diane. Um, she is choosing to remain anonymous, but this guest host is very special because she's actually my ex. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i on day... Oh, my God. Let me just do the calculation. Today's the 11th, right? 18... So, yeah, I'm on day 29, 29 or 30. It's one of those two days. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty big milestone. And a lot of my previous podcasts have been about kind of the struggles that I've been going through. My first podcasts were all about just the urges. Then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my podcasts were about, you know, being feeling lonely or homesick. Now, I've kind of turned for the better. Now I'm in a state where I'm happy. I'm actually happy. The addiction, the urges have kind of, uh, they've they've turned into whispers in the background now. They're Mm. not even there. It's not even really a, it's not a struggle so much anymore. Now it's more like I am in a place where I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I'm a little bit out of the woods or in a, in a, in a, in a sense, I'm out of the water and onto the beach and I'm on solid ground and I'm, I'm happy because of that. Yeah. So. Well, uh, that was a really long intro. Should I say hi to all oh, your sorry. listeners? Yeah, go ahead and say, <laughs> go ahead and introduce I, yourself. My intro is not that, <laughs> that long. I just wanted but... to lay, lay it out there. But I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Yeah. And my sobriety is, is just, I'm in a good spot right now. Like I said, I went through all those bad emotions, and yeah. now I'm kind of enjoy- reaping the benefits of the good ones, and and the and the pitfalls, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. But go ahead and yeah, introduce yourself. I'm sorry, Diane. So yeah, so I'm I'm Diane. I'm his ex-wife. We were married for almost seven years. No mm-hmm. kids. We just had two dogs. <laughs> two dogs. And that was it. Um, we were both. We met when we were about. 12 13 years old probably officially the first time yeah yeah in middle school back in middle school school. i still remember that yeah um and uh and we've been friends ever since we uh you know when we were in high school we dated other people but we were always just friends because we had um last names that started with the same letter g m rick miranda Oh my gosh! <laughs> Good job. Yes, M. <laughs> yes, we're both of our last name starts with M. Sorry. So you know, our teachers would always sit us in alphabetical order based off of our last name. So we always kind of sat near each other, mm-hmm. if not next to each other. And um, you know, and I always thought you were really cute, but I I just didn't think that we would end up together. I didn't think so either. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember you in high school, and I remember you know being in Miss Wade's class. And to be honest, I don't know if I ever tried to this. Yeah, you liked some other girl. No, no, <laughs> no. That I mean, I was dating some other girl at the time. Well, yeah, that senior year, yeah. But I when I was talking to you, I always like looked at you, 
And my feelings back then were like, I thought of you as like a plain Jane. Like you yeah. weren't, I didn't think you were ugly. Yeah. But at the same time, like I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't particularly find you attractive. Yeah. And and that was on purpose. And, and you were like shy and quiet. So yeah. it's like, oh, how did I, you know, how would I get to know somebody like you? Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And that was totally on purpose. I, I did not want to date when I was in high school, which is, I guess, a weird thing. But I didn't. I really didn't. I, I just wanted to finish school there's a lot of grades, girls go to college that's, do that. yeah they're just like you know they don't put themselves out there they don't dress provocatively yeah, they don't yeah. put on makeup because they're yeah they're there for one thing and their goal is to get educated yeah so anyway so then we ended up connecting through social media first it was myspace mm-hmm. then uh it was through facebook and we would message each other until finally years later we were both out of college and uh, finally, you you said, "Hey, we should go get some coffee." And I I think sparks flew. I think I so too. Didn't. But you, I, this is it's important to note that at the time when we started talking, when we got serious on social media, yeah, I was I was pretty much at that point. Well, I would say, kind of, I was a beginning alcoholic. Right In then. college. Uh, it, it before I mean really if I'm talking if I'm being honest about when my drinking started when my addiction really started it was back <clears throat> in middle school when in I, middle school when I first got my taste of alcohol yeah. wow and I loved it I wow. remember being in middle I got suspended for five days because I was drunk on campus I went to oh. middle school me and, me and a bunch of friends got uh, a little tipsy mm-hmm. we, we drank some tequila we were taking shots before school started this was in the eighth grade no, I'm sorry. This was in the seventh grade. I know to think think about this, but uh, and uh, and I got suspended because I was drunk and I was just like wandering around campus. It was uh, it was just it was crazy, but that's when I first got my first taste, mm. and unfortunately, it was like a a odd you know it was a fun experience for me. Yeah, but I, I think that that was kind of the experience for a lot of kids in our area because if you weren't getting drunk then you were probably trying different drugs and i mean i'm not just talking about weed i mean you know some of the kids like i saw uh you know gigantic crystals that kids would like pass around and i was like man like this is intense for 13 year olds but people start young and where we grew up i think it was kind of a, a rough area and drugs was definitely prevalent yeah but so drinking i don't know drinking was was kind of a normal thing. I, I guess. Think. I guess more normal because you weren't doing crack or crystal or right. or, uh, or, or heroin anything harder than yeah. Or um, at that time MDMA, which uh, was called something else. I forget what it was called. Um, Man, but high school. Just to think about it, like that's it's rough because drugs are offered yeah. just like that, and it's not even a big deal. But it wasn't me. It wasn't necessarily. I mean, my friends and I we got drunk that first time, but really. The reason I started drinking more in high school was because my grandfather had alcohol in the house. My dad had alcohol in the house. It mm-hmm. was just very easy to get easy to. Easy access. So I knew where it was, and, you know, I would start taking shots. Yeah. But I didn't know that. I, I guess I just didn't know you that well enough. It's not something that, uh, you know... when I In high school, if I drank, I drank, you know, with friends outside yeah. of school. I didn't go to yeah. school drunk anymore. Yeah, and that was the only place I would ever see you yeah. at school. But anyway. So then after high school, you know, we, we separated and I'll say that there was a period out after high school where I didn't really drink a lot because I was kind of living on my own. I was living with my grandfather's, my other grandfather, and mm-hmm. he didn't drink at all. Yeah. 
And I, you know, I had like a small part-time job and I was just living in his back house, right? Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of money, so I really didn't buy alcohol. And you were okay? I was okay. Yeah, and this was this was right before I turned 21. Then I around 21, I got with a group of friends. We started by playing all we would all play volleyball uh at, at you know one of the local parks. And it was like a group of 20 of us and you know, it was just a big group of friends and then I got with that group of friends and then we all, you know, we would go to parties, we would hang out yeah. all the time, we would have kickbacks, different people's houses. And so then I got into drinking and it, and here's the thing why I didn't realize it was going to be it was an issue it was because you're drinking in these it, social it settings. It was so normal. You're yeah, yeah, you're in a social setting. Yeah. And when you're drinking in a social setting and everybody else is drinking, you do not see yourself as an alcoholic. Right. Now these social settings became more and more and more. Yeah. You know, from just being on a Friday night or a Saturday night to being during the week too, and then a Sunday, and then a Tuesday. Yeah. And so then it was like four or five days a week. That's so a lot. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're basically drinking every day now. But yeah. you're not an alcoholic because you're a social drinker. Yeah. So I, I and and this went on until whew, I was about twenty four. So this was like three years of just heavy drinking with some friends. And I loved it. I absolutely enjoyed it. I had a yeah. crazy great experience. Yeah. Then um, then it turned a little bit ugly mm. because when I was 24, going into my 25th year, I, I became extremely depressed. Mm. And, uh, and I think my parents kind of noticed. And, you know, I'm an adult, but I think your family's still very much involved in, in yeah. your life. So they were like, hey, why don't you, you know, go take a trip, go live out in, uh, on the other side in the East Coast, right? We were living in the West yeah, Coast. They told yeah. me to go live in the East Coast. I had an aunt out there. And they were like, you can go stay with her, get a job. Just and, go see something yeah, different. Yeah, just go, you know, yeah. try, try it. And, you know, with the best intentions, I went out there. With the best intentions, my aunt, you know, she... Took you in. She took me in. She and she was an awesome person. We did a whole. Uh, we did activities all the time. You know, we would go rock climbing. We went skydiving. We, we would go hiking frequently. Like she's a very outdoorsy person. person. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, uh, my drinking got worse out there. I was addicted to gaming at the time, so I game pretty frequently. Um, and on top of gaming, I would drink while I was gaming. I would drink, pretty much all day long and and I think right there is the point where people realize it wasn't just a social drinking issue now this is a real problem yeah so I eventually wanted to move back to the west coast and I did so but I brought back kind of the habit with me I could I think I controlled it a little bit better in on the on the west coast because I had more distractions Mm -hmm. but I was still drinking constantly Mm. That's when me and you started talking. You know, yeah. It was on Facebook. Yeah. And I don't think you knew. And I think I, I had no idea. Just like any alcoholic, we're really, really good at hiding it. It's you know. Yeah. You can you can resist drinking for a few hours while you're hanging out with this person. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did, and and I I liked you. I knew I liked you, but at that time I kind I was an alcoholic, yeah. and at that time. That was the number one thing in my life, and it would be the number one thing for a while for, for many, many more years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the background of us. And with that being said, you know, 
uh, I guess we can get into kind of your experience. I've talked about my experience on the podcast before. I've talked about things that I've gone through, things that I've done. I've talked about things that happened that finally brought me mm. to becoming sober. Yeah. And that's, I also want to talk about that because I have tried to get sober in the past. Mm-hmm. But it was always for... For other another people. reason, yeah. Uh, yes, other yeah, people. Not for you, not for yourself. And I've learned that you can't. Yeah. 100%. Because your feelings could change about that person. That person can leave, and all of a sudden, if your sobriety is attached to that person and, and things well, there change. there goes your sobriety. There you go. Yeah. And and that that's what happens. You have to do it for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, like I, I, my background, I go. You know, there was never any alcohol in my family. I had never dealt with anything like it. And honestly, the only time that I was ever around any type of alcohol was, you know, when I was out with friends. We would go out to parties. And, and it was just never, like, that was never my thing. You know, going out to parties wasn't like my, I don't know. Like, I didn't go to very many parties. And when I did, you know, I would just kind of hold on to a beer or something all night long and mm-hmm. people would be like oh drink up oh no i'm still working on this one and you know it's smart i just smart. didn't <laughs> i just didn't want you blend to blend in because you got the drink exactly you so you're walking around with you know with the drink in your hand and like no no no, i'm still good and um but yeah i just didn't want to I just, I don't know. I just never had the desire to just be drunk and, and, you know, go dance on a table or whatever. Like this, that was just not my yeah, thing. You weren't, you're, no. you weren't pull your chair over your head. Drunk. No, 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 no. So, um, but I thought it was normal, you know, for people our age in our twenties, you know, and, and going out to parties. And it's things. probably so, more normal than it should be. It really, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the party scene. Everybody yeah. Is. So I remember we're in our twenties. That's what everybody's doing. You know, I mean, even maybe up to your thirties. I feel like once you're over your 30s, though, if you're still doing that, like, something's wrong. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Because most people figure it out. They they kind of get tired of it. They're like, you know what? Clubbing is kind of getting boring. And I think I'd rather, you know, stay home and watch a movie. Or I'd rather, you know, go do and something else. And, and then you stop drinking And then you stop. Yeah. And then mo- I think that that's what happens to most people. Well, then you get into... Well, now you're just a drinker. But yeah, I mean, there, I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong. No, with, there's you don't. You're not necessarily an alcoholic. You could yeah. just be somebody who likes a beer after every so often, which is yeah. fine. Like mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But um, you know, and I still I enjoy having a drink. You know, mostly just wine here and there, and mm-hmm. like it's not. I don't. I don't think it's a like a like a bad thing. But no, I don't see you. Yeah, I don't see you being consumed by it. Yeah, no, I'm not. But I mean, women can't. I mean, obviously, they're they're. Alcoholics, all you know, in every in every group or you know, in every gender culture and every race and every gender, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see, I never saw you as having an issue. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't a thing for me. But um, but anyway, yeah. So I was never really surrounded by it or or anything like that. So when we first started hanging out, I think um. We hung out for your sister's birthday yeah. and, um, you know, and everyone was drinking and I, and I had a, you know, a drink or two as this well. This is before we were married, right? This is when, before we even dated. Yeah. I think you were kind of testing out the waters trying to see. We had kissed though. I, I think we had made out. No, times. I don't no? think so. Isn't this after we watched Casablanca? I don't think, I think so. so. I don't know. I don't remember, but the timeline, I don't know. But I just remember that we went out. 
and you know your dad was there your sister was there we were having a really good time everyone was singing and and i was just like wow you know like this family is like they they party they're like they're they're really fun Mm -hmm. but you just got really really drunk by the end of the night and i remember thinking you were you were i think you might have been crying and you put your head on my lap and you just kept rubbing my legs and you were crying, you were mumbling something. And I just looked at you and I was like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and so I just remember like caressing your head and I was like, oh man, and looking at your sister and your sister, like your sister was drunk too, but she was like, my brother really likes you. And I was like, but look at him. This is like, This is really sad, you know? Yeah. And I remember it was really late. It was like maybe like two or three in the morning by then. And I was like, I, I really, I have to go. And I was like, I just got to go home. And so I remember walking outside of the, the karaoke bar by myself thinking like, this guy can't even walk me to my car. And we can't like, I mean, it wasn't a dangerous area, but I felt like I, I don't, I never put myself in a situation where I'm going to walk on the street at night by myself to try and get to my dark car that's all the way down in this like dark alley. And I just kept thinking like, this guy couldn't even walk me to my car because he's Mm. so shit faced, you know? And I, I don't know. Well, that was the first red flag right there. Well, there there were many that I chose to ignore. And that's, uh. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe if you hadn't chose to ignore that. Yeah. You know, yeah. You could have. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in the throes of love or whatever it is, yeah. infatuation, maybe at that point, maybe it wasn't love yet, but you were attracted to me. Yeah. We yeah. were, you know, dating. It was nice. Yeah. You were excited. I was excited. Yeah. You, you look past a lot of things. Oh, past. yeah. I know I did. Yeah. I know and I did. I mean, people in general look past yeah. all that. But then again, I'm like I said, you know, I just kept thinking, like, this is normal for people our age, you know? I mean, it was a celebration. It was your sister's birthday. And, yeah. like, this is normal. Uh, like, it's so. okay. It was in the right context. Yes. Okay. So, I, you know, I, I remember being upset and, like, ru- like, sprinting to my car, trying not to interact with any men or anybody who was out there. Yeah. And um, and thinking like man like that kind of that kind of sucked, but but you know. hey I liked I really liked this guy yeah and, and I was you know I was really into you and I would I know that I was uh, you know sending you text messages oh yeah and, and you're really good I know I was romantic <laughs> yeah. I was really romantic I know I was <laughs> you know yeah and it was easy it was kind of easy to to say those things yeah so. <laughs> So then we finally got married, which was a few months, oh. like seven months later. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, it happened and we so should. Fast. And I think we should know. Um, we we were in a, a long distance relationship for many months before we got about married. five months. About five months. Yeah. So you weren't around me twenty four seven. You know, we would talk on the phone. We would text every day. Yeah, every every day. day. Yeah. So it was really just the good parts of the relationship. Yeah. Minus. Minus seeing me in person. Yeah. And then you finally came back and we were together for a month. Yeah. About a month. Or a couple months, right? Because you came back in June and we got married in September. 
Yeah, yeah, a couple months. And I think for the those few months, like, I really behaved myself. I didn't drink as much. I spent a lot of time. Oh, I did drink, huh? I remember. I, I don't think I, I remember, so. I think maybe I, I was, I drank or something, and then you told one of your friends. Yeah. What was your, your friend's name that you were living with at the time? Oh, we'll call him... Ron, I don't know. Yeah, sure, Ron. <laughs> okay. You told yeah. Ron about the experience, and Ron was, uh, I think Ron was like, oh, you shouldn't be with this guy. Yeah, like yeah. So, yeah, so I came back. I flew back home to the States, and uh, and we were together, and I was very excited to to spend, like, that week with you, yeah. you know. And you having, did. You spent the whole week with yeah, me. Yeah, but it was that last night we went out to... Uh, like one of those piano bars. I don't know what, what to call it. Piano bars. Yeah. yeah and so, uh, yeah, you got really, really drunk. And then you kind of got a little upset. And you were you were putting your hands on me. But, but you kept... I, I don't remember what you were saying, but I was getting really uncomfortable because, uh, you know, all your family, not all your family, but you had cousins there. My dad there. was there, my cousins yeah. were there. It, I and think we were celebrating everyone just kept place. looking at me like, what is she going to do? Because you kept, like, squeezing my arm and, like, telling me, like, get over here and, you know, or um, or things like that. But at one point, you you tried to put your, your hand around my neck and your dad was like, that's enough. And so he stood up and he yelled at you and then you stopped. And then that night I was like, what am I doing here? Why am I with this person? And I just thought like, okay, you know, I, we, we I should get... say though that, that, um, I was never like abusive. No, no, you weren't. But I don't know what happened I don't that know night. What that, that night, that, that is weird because that, because then your dad stepped in and he was like, you need to stop. Like, that's enough. But it never got. It, that was probably the worst thing that I ever did because yeah. I would drink and I would become like upset, but I never beat you. No, no, physically, no, you never. You know, no, we, we never got physical. No, but that, that doesn't make it any better. It was still no. That was really that was weird. I I don't know what that was about, and I don't remember why you were so upset. It was probably because I kept telling you to stop. Like, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to stop. And you were like, come on, come on, and uh, and I don't really know what you wanted, but. Um, but yeah, that one was that one was a weird one. So I, you know, not having a car or anything since I was staying with you. Um, you called I friend, called my Ron. friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, hey, this is the situation. This is where I'm at. And this is what happened last night. And he was like, don't move. Don't do anything. Pack your things. And I'm going to come pick you up. And this was like at like five in the morning. I remember I and woke up he, and you were yeah, gone. And he was like, okay, I'm picking you up. Don't wake the guy up. Just Just get out. And I was like, okay. So I took all my things and I left. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that's that's the end of that because I don't, I don't know what that was about. But it wasn't. <laughs> but it wasn't. I think I texted you and Ugh. I think we, we didn't see each other for a little bit. But I, I remember I texted you one day and I was like, look, I'm in AA. Yeah, I, I and you sent me a picture of your I had, chip. And I, and I actually went for a few days. I went and I, you know, sat around and I, I didn't, I don't think I shared my story, but I listened to what people were saying. Yeah. And it, some of it really did hit me, and, you know. AA has always been a great support place. I don't think I ever utilized it the way I should have, and that's part of being an addict. Sometimes 
you know, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the yeah. effort. You can't just go to AA and expect to, to get sober. Yeah. It is there as a support group, but you have to, you know, work you have it. to work it. Yeah. You have to keep going and you have to be serious about it. And I never, I never was. Yeah. So I, you know, it was my failure. So, I mean, in my perspective, I was like, okay, so now this person, you know, like I really, I was, I really liked you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I was attracted to you, the person you were. And I just thought, okay, well, if this is a flaw that he has and he's willing to work on it, then I'm willing to give you a try. You know, mm-hmm. I'm willing to, to stick with you. And um, as long as you, this is something that you want for yourself, then okay, then let's do it. Because mm-hmm. everything else, I, you know, like I felt like we fit very, very well together. We did. We had a lot in common. We came from the same place. We knew each other. Yeah. So so then we got married. Yeah, we got married. <laughs> a few months later. <laughs> a few months I, later. You know, we should say, though, that uh, we got married in in a hurry for certain reasons. Yeah. We... I wasn't pregnant. It was there was a no shotgun wedding. <laughs> we already said we don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> but... We wanted to do some traveling, and we yeah. had the opportunity to work overseas as, we'll just say, teachers. Yeah. Teach in China. Yeah. But in order to do so, we were working for a... I mean, we were going to live together, and then I thought, if we're, we're going to live... And we were working for a Christian school over in China. But even so, like, yeah. even if it wouldn't have been, I think I would have... I don't know. Like, I was raised pretty religious, and I just thought, you like, wanted... if I'm, if I'm going to live with someone, like, I want to be married to this person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we had already slept with each other, and you were you were torn by that. Oh, I was devastated because it was your first time yeah. with somebody, and you had wanted to save yourself for marriage, right? And uh, you know, but but we got married shortly after that. Yeah, and uh, and um, you know, that first year of being married, we were newlyweds. We were in a new country, <laughs> and I was no longer in AA. Yeah, and I started drinking again. Yeah. And we had a terrible coworker that he was just wanted to party. Well, I mean, he was really young. He was in his early twenties, mm-hmm. and I mean, new country. He just wanted to to have a good time. I think and, a lot of guys out there. Yeah, go which out there, like yeah. again, it's a pretty normal thing. Um, and I didn't think like, oh, he's an alcoholic, and oh, he's a terrible. No, I didn't think that about him. But but obviously, you so kinda, you let me do it. You so you kind of clung to this guy because he had the lifestyle that you were used to. So. And we did drink a lot. Yeah. And we, you know, we smoked cigarettes and we went to clubs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Without me. Without yeah. you. But I, you know, I never went. <laughs> I never cheated on you. If that no, was. I know. No, that was, I, was, I don't think that I was I shouldn't ever. have gone to clubs without you, for sure. But, yeah. but I, you know, it, I, was, I was adventurous at the time, too. It's, yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing to say, but it's like, man, you're kind of in a new country and, and you want to experience it. Yeah. And part of it is going out and experiencing the social life, too. But, uh. So, yeah, I and I so I drank a, for most of the time in China, right? Yeah. Like at least every weekend. Yeah, until finally I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I was like, this is too much. I had no idea how much you actually drank, yeah. and when it was just like even during the week, like where you had to get up the next day to work and you were hungover, I was yeah. like, whoa, this is a, this is too much. This is not normal. Yeah. Yeah, I was drinking, and alcohol was cheap, and we were making good money. It was like, you know, that was like the first time in my life where it was like, I just kind of went all out. But yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that was. That <laughs> uh, was. It, it's like when you're, when, you know, because I've been drunk for so long, I've been an alcoholic for so long. I kind of look past these things. Yeah. But now that I've been sober for a while, and it's my sobriety, you know, this is this is what I want. I'm. I've never been like this. I've never felt like this. This is a completely new experience for me. And the experience, although it's really, really good, it's a good feeling that I've hit this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more confident in my sobriety now than I was a few weeks ago. Yeah. I am really confident. Like, I, I can look at beer right now because my cousin has it in his fridge. Mm-hmm. And, and I... Be like, able to say no. I, yeah. There's not... Uh, that urge is so easy to... You know, and I, I don't want, I don't, I'm never, I'm not going to take my sobriety for granted, but I can turn it down. Okay. But at the same time, feeling happy, all of a sudden now I'm confronted with the last 10 years of my life that have just been consumed by alcohol and alcoholism. Yeah. And then, and, and, and when I was drinking, my emotions were drowned out by alcohol, alcohol can so alcohol can subdue any emotion mm-hmm. but now alcohol is no longer this loud thing in my life yeah and all my emotions are coming back and it's like this garden of eden of <laughs> I, that's i mean i don't really know how to explain it it's like this garden of eden of emotions that have come back yeah but at the same time that the good emotions come back so do the bad ones so do the regrets so do the yeah. remorse so does the um the shame The embarrassment, the disappointment, and and you're gonna be faced with that. You're gonna you're gonna be faced with those realizations that, for the last ten years of your life, you have been consumed by this horrible, horrible thing. And I let myself be consumed by it. Yeah, but I I don't know. Like I don't know why focusing so much on. All that negativity. Like, I, I, I think if you look at where you are now and if you can turn around and realize, like, how much you've actually moved forward or Despite how much better you are, then, like, just focus on that success. Because if you keep focusing on the negative, then, I don't know. Like, then what's the point of, like, self-punish? punish Like, you know what I mean? Why are you punishing yourself if you're actually on the right track? You're... Like, even when I'm talking to you, I... You're like, a totally different person now. Let me give you an example. It's like when let's say that somebody you know committed murder. Oh my okay, gosh! No, okay, no, I, I, maybe extremes. maybe this is extreme. I I just I don't really have <laughs> okay, another analogy. You can't come back from that. <coughs> but you can but, come back. <laughs> but let's say you know you go you you go to jail. You serve your time. At some point, if you you know if you're you can be remorseful for that murder that you committed all those years ago or whatever it is. Yeah. In order to change, you have, I think, to from that person, that murderer. You have to, to go through you all have that to be suffering. Remorseful. You have to be yeah. remorseful. Yeah. And I can't just try and forget all the things that I did or all the things that I, that I put people through when I was an alcoholic. I can't. I, I have to deal with, that's part of, Part of when when you're going to AA, one of the steps is that you you like apologize. Yeah, it's a step. It's an important step in you becoming sober. Yeah, you you drank to forget. 
your whole, your whole, a part of your, the reason you were drinking was to forget all that crap you did. And so when you're sober, you can't just forget it. You can't, you have to face it. And so there is that remorse that I'm feeling because I truly do want to change. And I feel like I've, I, there's been an inflection point in my life. Yeah. And, and this is just part of going down this better path is that I'm going to know that I did these things. I'm going to feel remorseful, but it's a, it's a healing process and I, and I need to, okay. feel, I need to experience those things and I need to know what I did. Yeah. yeah. I need to, and I need to be genuinely. Stop oops. lying to yourself. Yeah. Cause that was, that was a big thing too. You know, you would always say things like, well, I can stop whenever I want to. I don't have to have a drink. I don't, you would lie. I don't know if you were trying to lie to me or, or you were trying to convince yourself about these things, mm-hmm. but it's a lie that we all addicts tell ourselves. Yeah. So then I, maybe you're right. You know, just being able to, to be upfront and we, honest we always, with yourself. We never and think say, it's as bad as people say. Yeah. We never yeah. do. I never thought. I was like, man, they're just, she's exaggerating because no. you know what? She doesn't like... Her dad never drank and nobody in her family drinks. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah. It's her over-exaggerating. But it wasn't. It, yeah. Because it got worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And, I'll, you know, I'll say this. It, it definitely... I think back down, I really feel, like, terrible about some of the things that we went through that I put you through. I felt not only that when I was drunk, but like all the time that we didn't spend together because yeah. I was drinking. And, uh, you know, what can you do when, you're, when you've been drinking? You can't go anywhere. You can't be productive. You can't enjoy your company with somebody because you're trying yeah. to get another beer, another drink. Yeah. All that lost time. And not only in your life, but in my life. I mean, I lost years. Yeah. Yeah. I lost years, literally, just years being drunk. You know, when you add it all up, when you go through all the days and hours and minutes, it's it comes to probably years for the last 10 years. It's And that's, you know, those are the things that I'm thinking about right now that I'm experiencing. And, it, you know, becoming sober is fantastic. You should, you're, it's... You got to do it. If you're an addict, you, you know, you, you're going to, but I don't want to sugarcoat it and say that it's, you're only, it's only going to get, you know, you're only going to, there's only benefits. There, there are benefits, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you're going to be thinking about these things and, and you're going to be reflecting your self-reflection and you're going to remember all the dark places you went. Yeah. You know, because being an addict being under the influence you're in a dark place a dark dark place looking back now like i look at that i'm like man it terrifies me that that's where i was and i never ever want to go back to that dark place again but but it's a terrifying thought going back it's like you know i'll use the analogy i mean it's like drowning in the middle of the ocean think about how scary that is yeah you know, and these past few weeks, I've, you know, I I saw land. That's the first step, right? Mm-hmm. I was I was drowning in the ocean, and I'm drowning, and I'm drowning, and I'm drowning, and you you just drown forever. Yeah. But the first step was when I lost. I lost enough. Yeah. I had lost 
at marriage, I had lost my job, and I realized I was losing my life. Mm. Uh, I mean, I had already lost my dignity, friendships, but it was when I realized, man, I don't think I'm going to make it to 35, that I think it really kind of scared me. You know, it was, uh, it was, I had lost enough at that point. And so when you get to that point, it's like you're drowning in the ocean and you see land. And those few first few weeks, I was just swimming, swimming, swimming. And finally I got to the shore. Yeah. And it's fantastic. You know, in those first few weeks of trying to be sober, you're not thinking about all the negative things you did. You're just thinking about trying to stay sober for the next minute, the next day. You're just trying to get over your urges. That's all. That's all you can think about. And so it's like, you know, you're crawling onto the beach and the, the water's still, you know, trying to pull you back in. And you're trying, you're like gripping the sand, <laughs> trying oh to gosh. stay out of the ocean, trying yeah. to stay out of the water. But you're exhausted and you're tired and you're just trying to stay alive. Yeah. And then you finally get to that point where you've got a little bit of strength. You can start getting up and you're no longer in the water. And yeah. But then you get to a point where you're on land and you're on solid land and now you have to come to the realization, where am I? Yeah. But what is this island? Yeah. And it's all, it's you. It's you. It's sober you. But there's a lot of things on that island. Mm -hmm. Beautiful things and bad things. All your memories are there. Uh, You know, all your past experience are there. The realization of what your life is right now. Yeah. You know, now you feel, you actually feel all those things you lost. When you were drunk, you didn't feel it. Yeah. When you were drunk, you were just happy that nobody was bothering you about drinking anymore. Yeah. But now that you're sober, you know, it It can hurt. It yeah. can hurt. And so I'm happy and I'm in a good place. And I'm, I'm sober for myself. For the first time in 10 years, I'm sober for myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm also like, what's next? Where does my life go from here? I'm I'm in the process of rebuilding myself. Yeah. I had to lose a lot. And and I had to give up a lot. I made a lot of sacrifices, right? I got rid of everything in my life that was causing me stress. I focused on my sobriety. I knew I had to leave my job because my job was it was too consuming. Yeah. It was all the, you know, it took up too much of my time and I needed to leave it so I could focus on myself and I did and it it was a bet it was a gamble and I think it paid off yeah I think if I was still working at that stressful job <laughs> I was making great money and I liked it but at working there I don't think I would have had the time to invest in myself and focus on myself that I did yeah so I've made a lot of sacrifices and I'm in a good spot but I am now in a spot where I'm I'm self-reflecting I can now think about things that uh, you know that are hard to think about but you need to okay yeah and that's where I'm at right now yeah Yeah. but I think you know like from my perspective like I I don't know I liked your analogy you know where you're you're drowning and you're fighting the waves and you're trying to get to to land Um, but I think like for someone who's not an addict like it I, it's really hard for for us i think or for, at least for me like it's it's a really difficult concept to try and understand um because i think that i just 
I saw your your decisions, I guess. You know, your choice to continue to drink mm-hmm. as like he's choosing a drink over me. He's choosing mm-hmm. alcohol over our marriage. He's uh, you know And I did That's actively true. choosing Well you know so uh, then, so then, okay, but, we'll but, okay, but, but well, these we'll ideas that like, I must not be enough or I must not be, um, you took it personally. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. And it hurts so bad because then it makes you think, you know, like I'm not enough and maybe I'm just not a lovable person or maybe I'm just, I wasn't a good wife or I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, the partner. I don't know. Like I just had this idea that. When I would get married, whatever my husband, like, if this was a goal, like, we would accomplish it together. Like, I, like, I'm, I don't know, like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, you know, like, I'm not a feminist or anything. And, 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 uh, um, you know, that I, because you would always say this stupid verse where you were like, oh, women must submit to their husbands and whatever the Bible says, you know. And I was like, I'm all for that, you know, but, and, and I'm not saying that. But I, I would say drunk, right? Well, I, wasn't... I, I don't know if you were drunk or serious or whatever. You, mm-hmm. you were always messing around. But, um, but yeah, like I am for that. I do feel like my place was to help you. Like, you know, you, you say like, we're going to buy a house. Then it was my job to make it into a home. If you say, this is the project that I want to accomplish. I was there every step of the way to kind of help build and complete the project. You know what I mean? Not, not as a, like a subordinate, but as, as someone there to help accomplish whatever it was that you wanted to accomplish. But this was something that like, it was your own thing. And no matter what I tried, no matter what I did, no matter how much I tried to help, it was, it was, it felt useless. I felt useless. You know what I mean? So you, you were, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and yeah. that's one of the things that I have to face is it, the story of an addict's addiction. My story of an an addiction. Anybody's yeah. any addict's story is never their own story. It's the story of them, their friends, their family, their loved ones, their spouses, their children. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think people just like you take it personally they're like oh you're choosing the addiction over me yeah yeah and that thinking now fully understanding that but it makes that, you devalue what you have because you know it makes you think well if he doesn't think that it's worth you know fighting for then then what do we have you know what 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 are we doing what do we have so it in made front you of look us? at our relationship as and, almost worthless yeah yeah well, if it wasn't worth it to you then why am i fighting so hard to to keep it to keep something you don't want you know so i see like i completely understand where <laughs> your thoughts on that yeah but man you should i don't think anybody should ever take an addict what an addict's doing their addiction personally because it's not it's not about you You no 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 let me just say no that's what an addiction is the addiction is literally that is you put that ahead of everybody i get parents put their addiction ahead of their children like as a parent you're supposed to love your kid that's the that's the thing you love the most in the world yeah is your children and you see it all the time where you know a a a drug addicted parent 
or an alcoholic parent puts that completely in front of their kids. Yeah. That's what addiction is. Yeah. You that is your number one. Right. It has it's not a reflection on you. It didn't mean that you were not good enough or that yeah. there was anything wrong with you. You it, there wasn't. But you were never going to beat. Nobody ever beats an addiction. Right. No it, Well, yeah, but the the only person who can beat the addiction is the addict themselves. You can never you can never say, "Okay, I'm going to he's going to love me so much." Or I'm going to be so important in his life that he's going to beat the addiction for me. That's not why an addict gets sober. Remember yeah. we said that in the beginning. Yeah. An addict cannot get sober for somebody else. Yeah. But again, like I said, it, it's really hard not to take it personally. You know? Yeah. If, if we were, like I said, we were able to accomplish goals together. We, 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 we were able to travel. We were able to, to everything. Everything that we set our minds to do, we always accomplished it together. And, and that's why I knew, like, we were a really good team. We worked very well together. We thought um, very similarly. We wanted the same things. But mm-hmm. it was just this one thing that, I mean, it wasn't a small thing. It was a pretty big thing. And it just got bigger over time. And it just got worse and worse over time. And and, and it affected me more. I don't, man, yeah. So, I mean, I, you, you, it became you asked more, me, you asked me to come on so I can give you my perspective. So that was my perspective. And I just like eventually just kind of thought like, what am I doing? What, why am I fighting so hard mm-hmm. for something that like he doesn't even want it? So why do I want it so badly? Well, it's not, you know, you know, thinking back, it's not that I didn't want you or the relationship, but I, you were, you were standing in the way of my addiction. Yeah. You put yourself often between me and my drinking yeah yeah and you can't take that personally that i'm gonna wow choose the that that's what an addiction is it is an overwhelming power that either you eventually will overcome it or it will kill you yeah well okay so let me okay so let me let me um give you a couple scenarios let me just say this If, if i let me just say this real quick if if I on that day, July thirteenth, if I hadn't decided to get sober, right now I feel like I, I'd, I'd be on the brink of death. Mm-hmm. I was waking up literally with heart palpitations, and like I, you know, my chest was hurting almost on a daily basis. And I, you know, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't know what was wrong with me. But I was like, man, I feel like I'm dying every morning. I wake up, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. And it was it's it was gonna kill me. I mean, I don't know that I'm out of the woods on that one. I could still have some serious health effects. Who knows what my liver looks like right now? Yeah. But go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. What were you? Um. Yeah. So, like again, t- not taking it personally. There's there's no way. There's no way you can't. Um. Because, like, even when. Yeah. Just the feeling that okay, the person is not choosing your relationship over their addiction or the, you know, they, they are consciously choosing something else. And you, you, you would always say I can stop whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. So then I would think, well, why don't you want to, you know what I mean? But that was a lie. And that was a lie that I was telling I know, you I and know, then that I was telling you. And, and even when you would drink, you would say like the worst things to me. Like you know me or when you knew me really, really well. I mean, we had lived together for so many years and you knew exactly what to say 
to really like really cause damage there you know and Mm -hmm. um like how do you not take that personally when I would tell myself like well he's just drunk I'm I'm not gonna listen to it but you can't there's there's no way you know when I'm being compared to other women that you've been with before like I, I felt like total shit you know um can you cuss on this podcast (laughs) okay you know or um when you would say things like um i I don't know like you would you would just say really there was a lot of terrible things things. i would say yeah and i would you know and i would just tell myself like he's just drunk like he doesn't know he doesn't mean it he doesn't know what he's saying but it it still hurt a lot and you know, there were so many times where I would go to bed and I would just cry. Like, why am I in this marriage? Why am I in this relationship? Until eventually, I, I think I got to the point where I just became really numb. And I thought, if this is this is who he's going to be, then I need to adjust and I need to get used to it. Because that was something that you would always say. Like, I'm not going to change. This is who I'm going to be. So you either adjust or you leave, you know? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to adjust I did not, uh, I did not want to be divorced and, um, and, um, and so then that was the mindset that I had. I was like, I I just kind of have to numb myself from all of this and accept that this is who I'm going to be with for a really long time and that this is the way that things are going to be. And, you know, maybe I am exaggerating. Maybe I am, you know, being I don't know, like I'm trying to control him or maybe I'm just, you know, like I need to loosen up. I need to let go. And, um, so and what, what I was saying was you were like believing. I was, I was lying to myself and I, it, because it was the only thing that I could do to make myself feel better. <laughs> so I, I would tell myself these things and, um, and I, and I tried my best to believe them. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I remember we went, uh, I went and I looked for um, like marriage counseling yeah. and, and I was like, okay, maybe this person can put it into perspective for me. Am I exaggerating? Am I trying to be controlling? Am I really as bad as he says that I am? Or is this just a normal thing that I, I just, I, because I wasn't used to it, I needed to change my perspective you know what i mean and um and so we went to marriage counseling and that did not help me well, at we, all we weren't addressing anything we weren't addressing the root causes you were so close even I don't you even were think, so close like I, you refused to yeah, to talk about anything and you would always be like we're good everything is fine and you know and so i would talk about the, the drinking and i don't think he ever understood how no, serious it was he because he was like well like what's wrong with a couple of beers and i was like what do you mean what's wrong with a couple of beers what and so then i started thinking like maybe it is me maybe i i need to maybe i relax. should just let him drink and, and yeah. not bother him and yeah yeah let him wake up hungover every day just let him go through it that's so you can have you know the I mean, how much time did we really spend when I was sober? Like, there was like a, maybe a 30-minute window. In the morning? <laughs> when I woke up, but I was hungover. And maybe there was like a 30-minute gap after work. And that was it. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> this, I mean, yeah. I know you're laughing about it, but... Uh, I know. 
<laughs> like those are the things that I'm reflecting on. I'm thinking about now, and I I'm putting it in this perspective. Like, I there's no way I could have loved you the way I wanted. I should have loved you because I was in love with the alcohol. Right. And if I wasn't drinking or if anybody was standing in the way of my drinking, I was upset. And oh, was yeah. Just... And you would get really upset. And, um, yeah. So after counseling, um, it wasn't, you know, like I was just going through the motions and I was like, I have to accept this. This is this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember going to Al-Anon. And because I was in that. A, well, I, I I think we had talked about that, and I had agreed to go try AA. Again. Right, right. And how many times did I go? I think I went I like three know. times. I have no idea because I was not holding you accountable. I was like, if you're gonna do this, you do this. And then you asked me, you know, support me, and you go to Al-Anon because in your mind, you were like, you're gonna hear all these stories of these terrible men, mm-hmm. and you're gonna realize I'm not that bad. I thought I was being smart. You know what else I was thinking? I was like. <laughs> I was like, she's gonna, she's not gonna go after a few. She's gonna go a few times, and then she's not gonna want to put in the work and effort, and then I won't have to put in the work and effort, mm. and she'll let me drink again. No, and and after going to those sessions, I came to this like terrible realization. I was, you know, I was the youngest one there, um, in my early thirties, um, and everyone there, they were maybe fifty and above. And they were telling their stories and they were talking about how you have to let go of control and you have to, you know, and you have to work it so it, so it can work. And, um, and, and as they're telling their stories, like I'm listening to every single woman and how some of them were in such denial about what was going on and how their husbands continued to, to drink and beat them or, um, uh, like verbally abuse them or whatever was going on. Me watching them was kind of like, this is what I'm going to be like in a few years. In 20 years, I'm going to be that woman sitting there talking about all of these things that the terrible things that the husbands that she refuses to let go of, you know, it, how, how, how this man is affecting her life or no, not just a man because there were, there were men there who had, who had wives who were alcoholics as well. But <coughs> but it was kind of like a way for me to see myself in denial, if that makes any sense. Because you don't realize what you're doing to yourself. But then it's so easy when you look at someone else and you're like, man, like you need to let go of this person. Man, you need to, you know, go do something different with your life. You You shouldn't be so oppressed or you shouldn't feel this way it's so easy to to say that to someone else and it's really difficult to to do that to yourself so so being there with these women i was like i don't want that i refuse to be these women i refuse to be like them and 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 then it just came to me i was like you know what i'm still young enough to find someone else and then after that um that was when I told you, if you're going to drink, go drink somewhere else. You cannot drink in this house. Mm, right. And then in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, if he goes out to bars and he drinks with someone else, he's going to cheat. He's going to find someone else and then he'll leave. He'll leave me. Because I tried to leave you so many times before that mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. And so then I thought, but if he finds someone else, 
then he's going to leave me, and then it'll be done for sure. That was your plan. That was my idea, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I just have to wait. I just have to wait until he finds someone else or finally decides to leave. Hmm. Yeah. Because I couldn't do it. And then, <clears throat> but it never happened. You never cheated. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, you know, as, I don't know, I'm just not the, like, I never went out there looking to cheat. Well, of course, nobody, I don't think anyone goes out saying like, mm, today I'm going to cheat you know, on my there, wife. I, there's definitely, I don't know, I wasn't. <clears throat> I, well, I, I I don't know I don't know why I didn't cheat. I think deep down, like underneath all of that rage and anger and depression, depre- well, underneath the heaviness of the alcohol that was just consuming my life, yeah, I loved you, yeah, but it was so buried, just like every other thing, you know, yeah, just like every other emotion, every other thing that I felt, never didn't compare. To to alcohol and, mm-hmm. and so I, maybe I just didn't want to cheat, yeah. or honestly, it was just that alcohol was what I was cheating on you with. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol was know, the mistress. <laughs> it it kept me completely satisfied. I didn't yeah. need anything else. Yeah, I I that's all I wanted. At one point, all I wanted was to have my beer next to me and then have another one ready to go. Or have that cocktail or that shot. There's still so many things that it's so hard for me to admit the things that I did or how low or the dark places that I was. How dark of these places there were. Mm-hmm. It's still like a tough thing for me to admit. Yeah. It's like I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know, I can't believe. Oh, Yeah. That's and we it. never talked about those things. No, we didn't. Yeah, and I knew. I knew. And it's nothing, it's, you know, I, it's not, I'm, you know, it's not like I murdered somebody. Or, no, no. Or, you know, it's no, not. No, I remember. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think we mentioned it once, and then I saw, like, I don't know, we, we just couldn't talk about those things. Okay, so this, this is part of the reason why I do this, is for accountability. Mm-hmm. Is because I can be honest and open in a way in doing this oh, in a way. But you that don't I have to talk about that part. Do it. Tell me, because I need to hear it. I need to hear it. I this is, I need to get to the next step. Okay. Well, if if I'm reading you correctly, you were talking about back when you were still living in like Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. During that time. Where, oh, we're talking um, about completely different. Things. Okay. Oh, oh. thank God. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to talk oh, about that. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. Oh. No, I'm okay, not. I was talking like, about that. that. I don't think. I don't think we can talk about that. Okay. I think you think something that's not, <laughs> that's not true. Because, okay. But, okay. No. Um, okay. That's so. That's when my. I think when I had that group of friends. I yeah. Had, yeah. Uh, that's when my drinking really took off. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're thinking that. Yeah. I, I was living a lifestyle that I, yeah. that I think a lot of people thought that I was living, but I wasn't. I was oh, just there for the okay. booze. Okay. I was not into that. Okay. I never got it. Yeah, we'll talk about this. Okay. <laughs> this I was like, you don't yeah. have to talk about that. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm specifically, you know, and I'm just going to say it because it, it needs to be said. I, dr- the drinking and driving. Oh. So... 
In the okay, de- I was not expecting that. <laughs> just, just thinking back at all the times, and you know what I and I always, this is a stupid. You know, it's not an excuse at all. But I would take the back roads so I could drink while I drove home. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah, I would take the back roads, you know, with less cars. Even here? Even here. Wow. Especially here. This is where it started. Whoa. When I was living with Ruben. Yeah. 